Churchpreneurs Podcast. My name is Richard Moore. I'm your host and informant for everything church, theology, and faith-related. Churchpreneurs' vision is to accelerate the church in mission, vision, and effectiveness in fulfilling the Great Commission in our communities. Churchpreneurs hopes to embolden people to fulfill the Great Commission beyond their own borders into the rest of the world within this generation. In this podcast, I talk about everything that's moving me in relation to church and theology, hopefully to empower you in your ministry, church, Bible study, theological understanding, and personal growth in Christ. Today, I want to talk about the greater works that Jesus talks about in John 14, 8 through verse 8 through 14. What are these greater works? What is Jesus talking about? Can we do greater works than Jesus did? Uh, today, we're going to try to get into it a little bit. My daughter, Anna, um, when we lived in California, loved taking a bath. She still loves taking a bath. Um, but uh, at that time, we would sometimes put her in the bathtub, run the water, and then let her be alone. Uh, she would sit up really well, play in the bathtub. There was no problem there. And uh, so we one time ran the water, turned the water off, let her in the bathtub. And this time uh, we, uh, we had a guest with us uh, while we were living in California. The guest was living downstairs in our guest room. And the guest came into our door, knocked on our door and said, hey, Richard, Simona, um, I think something's leaking downstairs. And we were like, oh, no, what is it? We ran downstairs real quick. And sure enough, it wasn't just leaking water was pouring into uh, this this guest bedroom. We went back upstairs. We thought, oh no, is Anna, what happened to Anna? Anna was in the bathtub and she had turned the water back on and water was pouring over the bathtub walls down into the basement, really literally pouring over. And we were just like, oh no what happened turn the water off quick it was a mess Anna was just as happy as could be ha 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 he 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 what's all the commotion about and we were just it was really a big mess uh lots of damage luckily we could get it cleaned up quickly enough before it dried we had someone come over um right away and and get that taken care of so that it wouldn't be a, a huge mess and we had to redo the whole we had to do some uh, some new stuff a little bit but it wasn't a huge huge mess but Anna let this water overflow and she thought it was great but I we, you know we had put her in the bathtub never thinking never imagining that Anna could have done something like that um, where she was really capable of turning the water back on and letting you know all this water overflow and um, you know we never imagined that she could have done anything like that um, and the same is with with Christ uh, Jesus allows for more than you and I could ever have imagined we couldn't have imagined on doing something like this, but even more so, Jesus allows for us to do more than we could have ever imagined. It stands here in this uh, this awesome uh, section of scripture, 
Jesus is talking here. It's in John 14 verses eight through 14. I think this has real, actually real detailed application to the church today. So pastor, I hope you're listening. Um, uh, church member, hope you're listening because this is for the everyday Christian. So Philip uh, approaches the Lord and asks him a question. So let's jump right into it. It's John 14 verses eight through 14. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, I have been with you so long now, and you still don't know me, Philip. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Very important there. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So... We have this incredible passage. I get asked this question quite a bit. What are the greater works that Jesus is talking about here? Greater works than Jesus? How could that be, first of all? First of all, how could that be? Um, and, and secondly, what, what, what he's referring to? What kind of works is he talking about? First of all, it, it's pretty clear uh, to me through out history throughout uh, our church history throughout our Christian history throughout the apostolic age where the apostles the 12 apostles were underway Jesus could not be referring to miracles the works yeah what works are we talking about it's almost impossible that he could have been be referring to miracles if that were the case, no one has accomplished this passage and promise uh, since since Jesus himself. So let's just let, let's have a look. What are the miracles of Jesus? Just to just to give you a, a perspective of how it could not Jesus could not be referring to miracles. First of all, Jesus exercised many demons, um, healing of blind people, many miracles, fever. He healed some with a fever. He healed some many with leprosy, the 10 with leprosy, then other individuals with leprosy. He healed a paralyzed person. He healed someone from inner bleeding, deaf people, healed people who were far away from him, people he didn't even see. Uh, the blind man, uh, who he didn't, the blind man didn't even see Jesus or meet him. Um, he healed people, he healed him from far away. Um, he healed people who are sick and suffering. Um, what other miracles did he do? He fed the 5,000 in Mark 6 and Matthew 14 and Luke 9. Um, then he fed the 4,000, uh, Mark 8 and Matthew 15. These are two, two different uh, stories, two different times. Um, then uh, the miraculous catching of the fish when he first experienced the disciples at the Sea of Galilee. Said, throw your net on the other side, or no, no, that was um, that was another time actually. So there's several different types of times where he uh, had them catch miraculously catch fish, um, but 
that was when they were uh, in Luke 5, when they were first uh, experiencing Christ. He said, throw your nets down again. And they said, well, Lord, we've been fishing all night, but since you say so, we'll do it. And they caught more than they could haul in. Uh, it was ripping their nets and stuff like this. So that was, that's amazing. Basically, the fish were jumping into their nets. Um, another miraculous catching of fish with a coin in its mouth in John 21. He told Peter to go, go to the sea, get the temple drachma for you and I. And he fished and caught one fish and had the mouth uh, full of a coin. Um, that's pretty miraculous. The turning of water into wine at the wedding of Cana. Uh, the calming of the storm uh, in Mark 5. The walking on the sea of Galilee. Uh, Jesus there appears as a divine figure. Um, the, the cursing of a fig tree. What else? Um, he just, just came by this fig tree, this poor fig tree, and just uh, saw no fruit on it and was like, yeah, curse you, fig tree. <laughs> and he, yeah, so uh, three times he raised the dead. And the transfiguration of Jesus, where he appeared before the, the, the three disciples in brilliant uh, array, says in Mark uh, about him in that passage that he he uh, appeared brighter and whiter than any bleach could dye anything. So the transfiguration was itself quite incredible. It, it showed his deity, of course, uh, and, and God the Father speaks from heaven saying, this is my son, listen to him. Um, yeah, so then he also could read the thoughts of men, recognize the hearts of men. Um, and how could he do that? Because he was God. Uh, no one can know the hearts and thoughts of men um, uh, without a godly power. The reason I bring this up is because there's a, the mo a movement of uh, a foot in Christendom that says we will do the same miracles as Jesus, that this passage means that uh, the same miracles Jesus did, we will do, and, and even greater miracles. So then people do crazy stuff like saying we can stop tornadoes and stop forest fires and all, all kinds of stuff. We can declare the end of diseases. Um, unfortunately, no one's been able to declare the end of, of COVID-19, but, uh, you know, these type of things that just really ridiculously over the top sort of declarations. Um, you know, I think it was uh, Kenneth Copeland who said he can control the weather. His wife said he controlled a tornado and spoke it out of existence and stuff like this. So um, those are ridiculous and wild claims. First of all, uh, no one can do the, the greater works than Jesus, but not only that, not the typical Christian. So Jesus promises in this passage that everyone who believes, the apostles, uh, even themselves, didn't arrive at the miracles that Jesus did, the feeding of the 5,000, for instance. They did, never did such a thing. Um, there actually is much evidence that they were really uh, relatively poor, uh, all the disciples and the early church throughout their history. Um, and had trouble uh, feeding each other. Uh, there's lots of evidence in that in the, in the book of Acts where um, they uh, set people aside specifically to feed um, those uh, widows. Peter, however, uh, you know, converts 3,000 with us with one sermon. So is it possible that Jesus um, could have meant something else? Not even the apostles fulfilled this promise, seeming promise from Jesus, 
that we would do greater works and that everyone who believes would do greater works than he did. Um, so really interesting here, it says in this passage that uh, this was possible because Jesus had gone to the Father and sent us the Spirit. So these, these 3,000 converts at Pentecost was only a possible because Jesus went to the Father. Now, what, hold on to that thought for later. Um, miracles are important for sure. Uh, we're not saying, or I'm not saying as a, as a person that, that miracles don't still happen today, that God isn't in the, in the business of miracles. Uh, I've experienced myself many, many uh, uh, crazy things that I would, I would say belong to the miraculous. Uh, my brother was in a life-threatening car accident, broke his um, a dontoid vertebrae on the back of his neck, the very last uh, vertebrae before your, your brainstem. And uh, Christopher Reeves was the same, uh, the actor who played Superman, who, who's passed away now, who broke the same vertebrae that my brother broke and is walking and not uh, quadriplegic. Uh, had a bleeding on his brain. He was really touch and go for the early part of uh, his, uh, after that accident that he was involved in. I saw the car myself and I thought there's no way that someone lived through that car. It was incredible. It looked like a, a, a tuna can had been peeled open, literally peeled open. The top of the car was opened um, and, and a tree had cut it in half. Miracles happen. There's no question. My brother's living proof of that. My daughter, Anna, uh, she was healed, uh, we believe, for sure. Not in the way we thought it would have happened. Um, not even directly with the laying on of hands and the, and the elders anointing her with oil, but it did happen. So miracles happen for sure. So what we're not saying is that miracles don't exist, but what, what cannot be the case for this passage is that, um, that every Christian will do greater miracles than Jesus. Uh, the word works here, um, is very, very important. So what are these works? Um, and it's not even the case of elite evangelists like Billy Graham or something who preached to millions, not only them, those, those incredible Christians, or even some uh, other incredible, uh, Christian who can pull off some weird miracle or something like that. This promise is for all Christians. Not even one Christian is excluded from that promise. It says, Jesus says, all who believe. So, has anyone done greater works or miracles than Jesus? Never. Has anyone performed a greater miracle than resurrecting three people from the dead um, and then later resurrecting himself from the dead? Um, I've never heard of someone. Um, not even close. Not even one person in all of history has come close to performing the miracles of Jesus. The apostles, like I said, have not done greater work than Jesus. Um, when we speak of doing greater miracles in Jesus, no one, not even one, has come in the neighborhood of what Jesus did. Did anyone do anything greater than turning water to wine? No. Letting fish jump into the nets of, of the disciples? No. Controlling weather? No. Uh, has anyone restored the sight to the blind? No. Or immediate cleansing for 10 lepers? No. 
We think of uh, Mother Teresa who lived in the leper colonies. Even she uh, was named a saint by the Catholic Church, but never performed miracle-like healing 10 lepers at a time. He read the thoughts and motives of man. He healed people who are paralyzed, one paralytic for 38 years. He walked on water, calmed a storm. Uh, and then as he walked on water, because Peter couldn't, he helped him up and said, here, let's, uh, you know, walk with me. Um, take a little walk on the, on the water. No one even has come close, much less done greater miracles than him. So uh, let, let's have a look. Let's dive into this passage and see what he's talking about. Um, first of all, he says, all who believe in Jesus will do the works of Jesus. First of all, it's a promise. So let's have a look. Verse 12, it says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the father. So the ability to do the greater works is as a result of him going to the father. The works of Christ continue somehow in a wonderful way to this day. So what are Jesus works? His works, he said, Jesus' works was mercy. We think about uh, the, the blind Bartimaeus. He screamed out, cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So his healing was not just the work, but his work was mercy in him healing blind Bartimaeus. The miracle was just a byproduct of Jesus' mercy. Mark 1 um, the, I believe this was uh, where he healed the leper. The leper said, if you're willing, you can make me well. And then it says, then Jesus had mercy on him. He stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. This is his work. His work is mercy. His work is also redemption. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Galatians 3.13 lays this out, his work in redemption. Christ redeemed us or bought us back from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So Jesus' work is mercy and redemption. This is not simply a promise only to the apostles. This is a promise to all believers that we will engage in the works of Jesus. His works are mercy his works are redemption, his works are salvation, his works are the forgiveness of sins. It's not a promise to the ex uh, extremely spiritual or the spiritually elite. Jesus says, all who believe, all believers do this. This is normal Christianity. Faith in Jesus unites us with him for eternal life. Those who believe in Jesus will do the work that Jesus did. We create, though, an insurmountable problem if we equate works that he did to his miracles. No one in history has, the history of mankind since Christ lived, has ever performed the same miracles. Jesus' miracles are singularly unique and will remain singularly unique. No one will outshine these miracles because Jesus' miracles perform a singularly unique function by confirming his divinity. A lot of people would say uh, we can do the same works as Jesus, the same miracles because we have the same Christ living in us, the same spirit living in us. 
that is true in a sense we have the same spirit but we will never perform the miracles that christ performed because those miracles have a singular unique function and the function is found actually in john 20 verse 30 through 31. in this section of scripture john describes the function the reason why these particular things were recorded in, in his gospel. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. So the signs, he did many other signs. So if you think about this, not only were the signs that Jesus performed and recorded for what we know is there in the scriptures, but he did many more. So again, <laughs> sorry to re repeat myself, uh, but we're slow learners. Uh, the miracles that Jesus did, no one has even come close. First of all, because what's recorded, no one's ever come close to. Secondly, there were more signs that he did in the presence of his disciples, which were not written in this book. But these were written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you have life in his name. So his the purpose of his miracles was to show that he is the son of God and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. We'll never perform his miracles. Yes, people can perform miracles. Yes, people have the gift of healing, have the gift of miracle working, but not even everybody in the, in the New Testament, Paul talks about has those gifts. The proof's in the pudding, <laughs> we say in the South. Uh, I grew up in the South, so I'm allowed to to use those once in a while. The proofs in the pudding. Jesus did his miracles to confirm that he is the Christ and singularly anointed to do such miracles and signs. No one else in human history is so anointed, is so uh, capable of doing such signs and wonders because they prove his divinity. It says it right there in those verses that I just read. These signs were written these miracles were written so that you may believe Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. These signs prove that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, Christ, God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us. And no one will mimic them or we won't have any need even to mimic them. So... Uh, the miracles of Jesus have that specific purpose, namely to show that he was the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, and that through our faith, we would have life in him. This is not just a promise to do bigger works, but the works I do. What are these works? What does he mean by them? He means mercy, um, um, reconciliation to God salvation forgiveness of sins by preaching these things we will do the works that jesus did first corinthians 12 uh, 29 through 31 uh, says it clearly also that christians will not have all have the gift of healing or miracles like jesus but will have diverse and complementary gifts so some do have the gift of miracles some do have the gift of healing some do have those sign gifts this is not me uh wanting to uh, exegete or talk about uh, continuationism or anything like that. 
Um, but the scripture do say, if we're taking the scripture at its face value, those gifts are diverse and complementary. Not everyone will be able to even have the gift of healing. Let's just say if we're talking about miracles and wonders and signs, not everyone will be able to do uh, those signs. So uh, he does the work. He's come to the earth to die on the cross, to forgive of sin, he even says that. Um, you know, even with the man who uh, was lowered down into the room, uh, the man was lowered down there who was paralytic. He, uh, he saw the man, he says, so that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, take your mat and get up and walk. So Jesus miracles, he, even the miracles themselves are evidence that he has power on earth to forgive sins and that that is his work. The miracles are just a side effect. The healing is just a side effect of his work, which is in that case, and we see it throughout the, the, the text of the New Testament, the gospels, his work is to forgive sins. The second thing we see in this passage is that we will inexplicably do greater things, greater works than Jesus did. It's not only as missionaries or pastors or super spiritual will do greater works. This is for you and for me. Whoever believes in me, it says in the text, this is normal Christianity. This is what every Christian should do. An indication of what these greater works would be are because when he says it, because I go to my father, you'll be able to do these greater works. Another key is a little earlier in John 20, he says, as the father sent me, so send I you. So you are an extension. Every believer in Jesus Christ is an extension of the ministry of Jesus. This is super important for churches. This is super important for you, pastor, you everyday lay Christian, you person who's just working nine to five, you in your office, in your workplace, in your day to day, you are an extension of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Because right before this, he says, as the father sent me, so send I you. You are an extension of his ministry here on earth. You are sent as the father sent Christ. You'll do my, be my workers to the ends of the earth, doing my work because I go to the Father. And his work is seen here as preaching the forgiveness of sins, reconciliation, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we can be reconciled to God through Christ. And that by believing, people can have life in his name. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. We are to extend his ministry to the ends of the earth. Uh, because Jesus has said, I, because I go to heaven, I allow you to engage in the works that I do. And the works that I do are extending to the ends of the earth because I'm going back to the father. I'm not going to be able to do it. I give you and you and you and you, all of you who are believers in me, the task that I have not been able to accomplish because I'm going to the Father. The task is yours. Wow. He is not present on earth to continue his work. He's gone to the Father. And thus he's left us with the task to preach his work, namely the forgiveness of sins, reconciliation to God in heaven, mercy that he extended. That is the greater work 
Why do people have to explain to other people about Jesus? Why not angels? Or why didn't he just kind of like boom it from heaven? It's interesting. Why didn't he just like let everybody know? He could, yeah. He sits in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. I think he does it because redeemed people reach unredeemed people. Redeemed people, you and I, who are redeemed and bought by the blood of Jesus, understand unredeemed people. And when people see what God has done in another redeemed person, they see the power of redemption and how great that redemption is and how great the forgiveness of sins is. The experience, the, the relationship we have now with God and how great it is, how wonderful a gift it is to have our sins forgiven. That's why God uses the proclamation of the gospel, because the message of redemption is the most strongly, most powerfully heard by people, other people who are redeemed. These are actually the works of Jesus. Redemption. Salvation. Forgiveness of sins. Atonement, standing in our place on the cross. And it says another place, Jesus is in heaven praying for you and me. The third thing I see here is we'll have access to the living Christ. He is the mediator who enables these works. We're not able to do these works in our own power. We need the power of the spirit. He is the mediator who sends his spirit to enable us and empower us to preach the gospel and the gospel is not miracles the gospel is not uh whatever you know thundering from heaven the power of the gospel is in the gospel itself paul says in romans 1 16 i am not ashamed of the gospel for it the message itself is the power of god for the for the salvation of man first to the jew then the greek it is by itself the power of god so don't let anybody fool you or tell you that miracles have to accompany the preaching of the gospel. That's not accurate. The power of the gospel is in the gospel itself. Jesus is the power and he is the mediator who enables that message to be powerful. He will do whatever we ask in his name. Now, will he give us a Porsche, um, give us the newest uh, game, whatever, the newest toy, the newest whatever, a nice yacht, etc. No. What we ask in his name. Does Jesus want us to be wealthy? No. He wants us to proclaim forgiveness in his name. That's the message. So when we ask in his name, he'll do it. Um, and uh, he's alive. <laughs> he's alive in heaven. And we represent a gospel that is already accomplished. We preach from a cross that has already happened and is done Salvation has already been won for us in the past. They are the greater work. So Jesus is alive and risen. He, while he was here, he preached forgiveness of sins, repentance in his name as a future act. You can do it now in future looking, um, sort of like on credit, right? You can buy into the forgiveness of sins that's coming. I will die on the cross and be raised again from the dead. But now we preach a forgiveness of sins in the past tense. It is done. We're saved on debit. 
before they were saved on credit now we're saved on debit we pull out out of the account of jesus vicarious death on the cross in our place and now we preach a past tense it's happened it is finished was his cry he did it it's done and this aspect makes the works that we do greater jesus didn't proclaim his own gospel after his resurrection he preached the forgiveness of sins while he was on earth but he left us the task of preaching the forgiveness of sins found in the resurrected redeemer these are the greater works of which jesus speaks here every christian will perform works these greater works than jesus by preaching a gospel of forgiveness accomplished in a resurrected jesus in the past tense he sits in heaven and he rejoices in giving us the wonderful task of preaching the forgiveness of sins to a broken and dying world these are the greater works of christ take part in it we do the greater works that jesus talked about greater works than he did because he went to the father and he gave us the task to finish and do the works that he can he started he said so every believer will do these works greater works he does not and cannot mean miracles if he meant miracles no one in human history would have fulfilled that verse jesus said every believer everyone who believes what are the greater works then jesus preached forgiveness of sins in advance he never preached his own gospel after he finished it after he was raised from the dead he left that task to you and me so every time we preach the gospel of the resurrection and forgiveness in a risen christ we do the greater works even he didn't do those works thus christians since christ's ascension have fulfilled that promise of jesus because we preach christ crucified risen and coming again he left that task to us so get busy thanks for listening to this episode of church Manure's podcast you can find out more information at my website at richardpmore.net i also blog at richardpmore.blogspot.com you're welcome to follow me on twitter my twitter handle is at richardpmore23 you can also email us at churchpreneurs at gmail.com. That's C-H-U-R-C-H-E-P-R-E-N-E-U-R-S dot at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any ideas for a podcast or any comments or questions, please reach out on one of those platforms. God bless you. Until next time, take care.